Okay, the big question that we're going to be tackling today is this. Are you in charge of your player's happiness and the happiness of your prospects? Seems like a simple question, and at the root, it seems like the answer would be yes. You're a coach. You're in a position of power and authority, and you have some some sway over these young athletes and their lives, both at the college level and even before they get to campus. But I'm going to disagree with you a little bit and ask you to reconsider something because in the end, I think this isn't fair to you. And here's what I mean, and here's how this whole conversation got started. Back on November 7th of 2018, uh, I tweeted something out that got a lot of reaction, got a lot of likes and got a lot of comments and even some arguments uh, back and forth, probably as much or more than any pro- uh, any post that I've done in the last several years. Um, and this was it. And, and by the way, I talk about this occasionally in workshops that we do or with the clients that we work with uh, because I see it affecting their lives uh, and most of the time in a negative manner. So the tweet that I put out was this. It said, reminder for all college coaches, you are not responsible for the happiness of your players or prospects. Great if they're happy, yes, but they are choosing how to react to coaching and life. You are responsible for assembling the best team possible to represent your college to the world. So that was it. And I thought it was pretty straightforward. The idea that you as an individual, as a human, who also happens to be a college coach, aren't ultimately responsible for the reaction to the way that you lead your program manage your uh, your team and recruit your prospects uh, that got like i said a lot of feedback and a lot of pushback uh, in some cases i had some coaches that were arguing back and forth or engaged in this discussion with me i'll give them the benefit of the doubt maybe they weren't arguing with me but their point was this that we are in charge of their happiness that's our job as a coach is to make them happy and to give them a good experience um, I would also say that there was a lot of altruistic uh, ideals being expressed in response to this tweet, uh, that that is, you know, the role in college athletics is to enrich the student-athlete experience uh, through their athletic uh, endeavors on campus. And you know, I, I actually don't agree, I don't disagree with any of that. I think you know, whenever possible, you should act the right way, you should do the right thing, and hopefully build out a fantastic experience, whether you're at the Division One level, uh, coaching at a BCS school, or at a small NAIA school, and everything in between. But let me dig into this a little bit, um, and 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 say first a couple of things is that here's why I say that regularly: that you as a coach are not in charge of your prospect or your player's happiness. First of all, uh, it's impossible to maintain that standard. It's not fair for you to say that you are in charge of or uh, you are in control of your players or your prospects' happiness. You just aren't. Um, To maintain that standard would mean that you would have to be able to control their emotions and uh, make sure that before you took any action that everything was lined up correctly so that they would have only a positive reaction. And of course, if you've lived life uh, to any extent, you know that that is just absolutely not true. The other thing that I would say is that it's not fair to you as a coach 
Um, and and I would also say that it's not fair uh, to them as as prospects. Uh, I, I think in this in this idea that that you're having interaction with a young adult, whether you are coaching them on your college team or whether you are uh, recruiting them, that both of you uh, have to end up happy with something. Uh, or and I definitely wouldn't say that the prospect or the player has to be the one who ends up happy and you aren't the one that's happy because ultimately like I said you you are the one that's in charge of your program so I would say that if this is a transaction of sorts that you have uh, a scholarship or even a roster spot if you're a non-scholarship school that this athlete that you're talking to has a chance to be a part of then it's a transaction and in a transaction somebody has to be in control of that transaction either the coach or the prospect or you could say the coach or the player Um, if you let's talk for a second about the players in your program the athletes that you coach imagine what practices would be or games would be if the goal had to be the standard had to be maintained that after every uh, instant in their interaction uh, as a as a uh, an athlete on your pro- team in your program that they had to end up being quote happy unquote uh, that would be madness and it wouldn't be fair for you to demand the same thing of yourself too there's lots of times where you have to take actions that make you unhappy uh, whether it is uh, on the field of play or or at back uh, in, in behind the scenes uh, administratively there's lots of things that you have to do so i would maintain that it either the coach or the prospect has to be the one in charge and how the other one gets to react to the decisions being made is uh it's up to them to react so let me uh, one example of this when a prospect makes the decision to not come to your school to play for you to compete for you does that make you happy? No. Sometimes it crushes you. It crushes you because you put time, effort, energy, or you know that they just made a wrong decision based on what you know about the other coach or the other program or the personality in the school that they were going to. It was just going to be a wrong fit. Well, you're reacting negatively or unhappily to that situation. Even if you think that there's some justification to it, the news that they have, that they have given you, the decision that they have made causes you to be unhappy that isn't their fault they've made a decision that's right for them that was in their best interest at the to the best of their abilities of the way they've surveyed that and you're reacting to it well it works the other way too that when you make a decision for your program as a coach or uh, as a recruiter and they take it negatively i would say that that isn't your fault and it brings me to the third point of you know why I maintain the you know this sort of this philosophy after watching coaches and the recruiting process now for fifteen or twenty years uh, on a pretty in depth basis. Happiness, as we all define it, is pretty arbitrary. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give this uh, instant because I love eating out. I love good restaurants. I love food, and I have my favorite restaurants. Well, there are times when I'll go into a favorite restaurant order the same meal that uh, I know or have had in the past that I would expect to be good. And for whatever reason, the experience isn't great. It's either the line is too long or something turned out cold when it should have been hot. There's some aspect of it that uh, I just don't like. It hasn't met the expectation. Now, 
the restaurant's the same. Uh, they have run through the process the best they could to duplicate what my expectations were along with all of the other patrons in that restaurant. But I have the individual choice to react to something that uh, was is not what they intended, not what they wanted, and even not based on my previous experiences. How often do you read a review on Yelp and you've been to a restaurant, you had an incredible meal, and you read reviews from the same restaurant that would say, you know, it's you know, very very subpar meal. Um, I didn't like it. Uh, the it was too crowded, too noisy. And you're reading it and saying that's not my experience at all. How could they react like that? Well, because we're all in charge of our own reactions to things, and they just like you are voicing their opinion. And when their prospect, when your prospect or player reacts negatively to something that you've said, well, I would maintain that uh, that that is their choice. Now, I understand the sentiment around the idea that a coach might have that it is our, our responsibility. It is us as coaches that are in charge of our players' happiness. Um, I, you know, first of all, I would say that you know, that's a commonplace idea because most coaches are really great people with good hearts. And as I've told you before, that's why I like working with coaches. I love working in the college athletic realm because you are all great people. Well, 99% of you are great people who are fantastic to be around and you you want to do your best. Um, there is an altruistic aspect of this also, the idea that we should be in charge of and be um, looking to uh, to maintain our players or our prospects' happiness. Um, that's, a, that's a noble thought. Um, however, what I have found is that it doesn't really have much application in the real world because we're all humans, and as humans, we, we kind of mess this whole thing up uh, much of the time. Um, it does strive to the highest ideals um, as a fellow human, uh, really, you know, so that you, know, you could say that the principle, the, the equation is that me being nice as a coach uh, should equal you responding, uh, you know, in kind. You should respond favorably. If I do something, that should make you happy. Uh, and yet we know from experience that that doesn't always happen. Um, the whole idea of paying it forward, instead of paying me back something, take the gesture that I uh, that, that I gave you that made you feel good and you now want to repay me. The whole idea that with pay it forward, no, don't repay me. Do that for somebody else. Take that into the future and before somebody does something nice, do something nice for them instead. Uh, I, I love that. I'm a big believer in that and I try to practice that. That being said, I know there have been several instances where uh, through my kindness, uh, maybe you've, you've had this experience as well, that kindness isn't repaid to someone ahead of you. They pocket whatever um, experience that they were supposed to give, keep it for themselves, and move on. Now, um, doesn't mean that I'm not going to try to do it uh, whenever possible. Doesn't mean that you're not going to stop, that you're going to stop being a nice person or a nice coach. But at the same time, I don't know that there is uh, a reasonable expectation that just because we have a, a certain life philosophy, that that's going to be duplicated by somebody else. Um, I just haven't found that to be true. And, you know, and, and so that's why it doesn't work. Um, actually, there are plenty of reasons why I find this philosophy when it comes to coaching and recruiting doesn't work. First of all, you as a coach with that good heart, 
are going to get taken advantage of. And, you know, I'm, I'm putting the rest of this conversation in the context that, that you are in the middle of a business. You're running a, a company. You're running an operation. It is your program at your school, and you're in charge of it. And so if you're going to get taken advantage of, that hurts you. It hurts you because there are only so many opportunities and so many roster spots and scholarships to be able to give. There's only so many players who have the opportunity to start for you to, uh, to be taken advantage of and be successful in, in this industry. Um, I know, and you know as well, your job, coach, isn't being measured on niceness. I'll say this again. Your job as a college coach is not being measured and evaluated based on niceness. Uh, you are in a dog-eat-dog competitive field when it comes to both coaching and recruiting, and there are plenty of other competitors out there that will take advantage of uh, your niceness and the ability to be uh, altering the way that you do things simply to, to um, maintain uh, your your uh, standing as someone who is nice, and they will they will slowly erode your program, possibly be the one even in the future to take uh, to take your job. And coach, I unfortunately know many of your peers who have experienced that firsthand. And I'm not going to get into those stories, but you've heard stories of coaches who are too nice, give too much room, and they get taken advantage of to the point where they lose their program and somebody else who was maybe behind the scenes working against them, they get to be the ones now in charge of the program. I've heard the stories. Um, again, not important to to name those names or to, to focus on that. But the point being, that stuff happens. Uh, you're in a competitive industry and you're not measured on niceness. Um, the other thing, I think it doesn't work because it is altruistic. And I mentioned that before. It's noble and it's, it's great for you as a person to want the altruistic aspect of your job to shine through. That being said, most altruistic acts are not based in, in reality and the cold, hard world. And boy, in terms of an industry coach, you have chosen uh, one of the coldest and the hardest industries in the United States of America. It just is a dog-eat-dog world. And, um, and so there needs to be a very sober-minded approach to being successful as a coach, weaving in niceness, but also understanding that uh, you being nice and you affecting the happiness of your athlete are two different things. Uh, the other thing, the last thing that I think you know, is a reason why that doesn't work, this whole philosophy, is that much of the time uh, it's a competitive transaction that you're engaged with. In other words, it is you versus the prospect and the prospect's family. Now, if you're a client of ours, you know that we try to bridge that gap, and I want them to see you as a partner and we work very hard through the wording, through the approach, through the strategy to make sure they see you as a partner. That being said, at some level, it is your desires and what you want versus their desires and what they want. And sometimes that gap is a financial gap. Um, your offer isn't as good as another coach's or your program didn't finish as high or doesn't play in as good of a conference or isn't in an exciting enough city compared to the other guys or what that family feels is is the right fit for them. So if it's a competitive transaction, it is hard to see niceness play through and it's hard to have everyone be happy in a competitive transaction. In fact, there is 
uh, an, an old saying when it comes to everything from uh, from business to trades in professional sports leagues, and that is this: that the sign of a good deal is when neither party is going away happy. That means that they each gave up enough to make the deal happen, but one didn't get to take advantage of the other one enough. Uh, to say that it was a clear-cut win that I outdid that other person in this deal that we were that we were putting together, and you hear that in NFL trade transactions, Major League Baseball transactions, as well as any business that is run uh, that is engaged in any kind of high-stakes negotiation. So the whole point for you as a coach, if it's a competitive transaction, the second you enter a competitive environment. Happiness is not part of the deal. And as a coach, in trying to foster that competitive spirit and trying to do the best for your program, which means getting the best players, the best prospects, and then the best results out of those players and prospects, all that means that happiness is going to be the thing that's sacrificed by somebody, either you or them as the prospect or the player, but it's going to be sacrificed by someone. So, Here's how not agreeing with my take on this theory uh, can really hurt your recruiting efforts. Let's take this back to recruiting, which is the point of the College Recruiting Weekly podcast. Um, So here's how not agreeing with this theory can really hurt you. Uh, You spend time striving to maintain an impossible standard. And that's really what this is. It is an impossible standard to maintain when when you try to... Uh, interact with a prospect and uh, and affect or feel like you're in charge of uh, their happiness. Just doesn't work. Um, and the, again, the reason uh, for that is that that impossible standard can't be met. It's as I've outlined. It's we're we're humans interacting with each other. Um, how we take in and react to something somebody else does. It's completely up to us. It's not up to that other person. And that's where the impossible standard comes in. Um, for instance, this is one area where I see it playing out all the time with college coaches that I talk to and that we work with. You give the player a deadline. Important for you because you need to make decisions or you know that your class is going to be wrapping up and this player could get left out. And so you set a deadline. And what what is the reaction to that, that prospect that you're talking to? Well, sometimes it's not a problem. It's actually a relief because it gives them an excuse to give you an answer, either yes or no. Um, many times, however, that is something that they view as as pressure. They get mad at you. How dare you put a timeline on me or tell me I have to make my decision in the next two weeks? That's hard. That causes me stress. I'm not happy with you. And sometimes that happiness actually causes them to say, well, fine, if you need that, then I'm, you know, you're, if you're going to pressure me, I'm going to, uh, to, you know, to walk away and not, not consider your program anymore. So let me ask you, Coach, because you set a deadline and they reacted like that, is that your fault? Well, I can tell you some coaches would say, yeah, that is. I shouldn't set deadlines because, look, it made that prospect mad. And if you have been the coach who has done that or thought that or said that, the second you do that, it puts you in the position now of having to completely wait for your prospects to run through their decisions. And as you've noticed, a lot of their decision-making process is completely out of line with reality. It is not something that's doable. There is always one more college they seem to want to go visit, always one more tournament they want to play to see if one more uh, coach somewhere else likes them and sees them. Uh, 
and so that you know we see that playing out that you know when it comes to deadlines um it's it you adhering to their schedule um it's you're you're trying to meet that impossible standard and when you do that that's a situation where uh it it comes back to bite you i'll give you another one the offer that you give them um, maybe isn't enough or or it's not as much as the other school and so you being a nice person you know, wanting to, to make sure your prospect is happy enough with you to uh, to come to your school and to compete for you well when so what do you do you know what i'm going to bump it up a little bit or you go to admissions or to the financial aid office and you say hey we're three thousand or four thousand dollars below the other school can't we please give them more can't we allocate more money they want to come here um, please let them let let's give them more money and so in this scenario let's just set a play out let's say you you get the response of okay coach you really want them that's fine we're going to allocate the other four thousand dollars so now we're the same as the other school we've matched their offer and you excitedly go to the phone or text the the, the parent or the prospect say hey great news i got the extra four thousand dollars now we're just as much as so and so um so so we're really you know glad to to be able to tell you that and the parents react this is fantastic that's great let me talk to my uh, my son and my wife and we'll get back to you or it's the prospect saying that's great let me talk to my parents and the second they hang up maybe not the second but soon after what do they do what they do is they will go to the other school and say hey um your school just um, just matched the offer that you gave me, coach. So can you do any better? And now, as I've described, uh, sometimes when we're in front of coaches, at that point, you are a used car salesman. You've made it only about price. You've given in to them, wanting them to be happy. They have repaid that happiness with them going back to the other school and seeing now if they'll make the offer even lower. Remember, as I said earlier, this is a negotiation. It's you and the prospect. And you're and at some point. It's 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 great when you can match up ideals and and everything works together and you both come up with the same uh, general agreement of how this can move forward. But most of the time, there is an, a slightly to um, completely adversarial relationship that you have with those prospects. Uh, so in either of those situations, you're spending time trying to maintain that impossible standard, and I've seen it ruin a lot of coaching careers. Um, 